Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are ready to read 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Last time we read chapter 2. And chapter 2 was all about the Holy Spirit being in us, uh, revealing the wisdom of God, teaching us how we have the mind of Christ to be, so that we can be guided by His thoughts and purposes, so that we can be taught and how the natural man, the normal person, uh, the unbeliever is not going to understand and it's going to seem, the wisdom of God will seem like foolishness. But, but essentially, mainly the purpose is to express that, you know, we have the Holy Spirit and that we're learning, um, we, when we have the mind of Christ and that we're learning His ways and, uh, let me see if I can get the word right, because I have the word wrong. I'm sorry. We're learning his thoughts and purposes, so we're learning his ways and learning um, how we should be for the Lord and for God. Okay, so so here in chapter 3, Paul is going to continue, and here he's going to refer back to when he came and saw them initially, originally. So... This is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'm going to start with verse 1. However, brothers and sisters, I could not talk to you as to spiritual people, but only as, you know what, let me back up and read the last couple of verses of the previous chapter, just to make sure we're in, in sync, okay? For who has known the mind and purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and purposes. So now we're going to continue 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. However, brothers and sisters, I could not talk to you as to spiritual people, but only as to worldly people dominated by human nature, mere infants in the new life of Christ. Now, that's when he came previously and he started, he started this congregation or he converted the, these people. Of course, he couldn't speak to them as spiritual people because they weren't. They were brand new and they were new babes in Christ. They were new to being a Christian. So of course he was he did not speak to them as being like deeply spiritual, overly, you know, uh, full of God's wisdom and knowing because when we start as Christians, we start at the beginning. We start knowing nothing basically and we have to learn. And that's, that's the way that works. That's the way all of life works. I'm going to continue on. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Even now you are still not ready. You are still worldly. Controlled by ordinary impulses, the sinful capacity. For as long as there is jealousy and strife and discord among you, are you not unspiritual, and are you not walking like ordinary men, unchanged by faith? For when one of you says, I am a disciple of Paul, and another, I am a disciple of Apollos, are you not proving yourselves unchanged, just ordinary people? So he so he's saying that they, they accidentally, you know, or maybe accidentally is not the right word, but they prove that they are not uh, very far along, they prove that they have not grown spiritually in their actions and in the way they, you know, have 
made these factions and divided themselves, you know, they prove that they have not grown spiritually because they they do that. They they make these divisions amongst themselves. In verse five, what then is Apollos and what is Paul? Just servants through whom you believed in Christ, even as the Lord appointed to each his task. I planted, Apollos watered, but God all the while was causing the growth. So neither is the one who plants nor the one who waters anything, but only God who causes the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one in importance and esteem, working toward the same purpose, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, his servants working together. You are God's cultivated field, his garden, his vineyard, God's building. So here, very simply, Paul is just explaining that neither he nor Paulus nor Peter are of any great importance. It is God who is important and it is the message that is important. So there should be no, you know, I mean he's saying, you know, there should be no um, um, <clears throat> I can't think of the right word. They should not be making any relevance about who it is. You know, whether it's a Paul, uh, Paulus, or Paul, or Peter, they they shouldn't be making that any kind of um, significant thing at all. It's not. It's not important. Each one of them, like whoever came first, that would be the person that maybe planted the seeds, and then whoever comes next and teaches more waters. And this is a pretty good analogy of things, and the people should continue to grow. But they shouldn't divide themselves up about, well, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a disciple of Paul. I don't know this Apollos fellow. I'm a disciple of Apollos. No, we, you know, should all be one under Jesus, under Christ, and under God. So, because they are all God's fellow workers. And that's how we should look at um, the different evangelists and preachers and teachers that we have. They're all fellow workers and each do their own job, whatever that is. All right, I don't want to belabor that too much. Verse 10, According to the remarkable grace of God, which was given to me to prepare me for my task, like a skillful master builder, I laid a foundation, and now another is building on it. And that's because Paul came through there first and started their congregation, as I understand it. But each one must be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So he laid the foundation. He spoke to them the gospel and taught them about Jesus. Now if anyone came along and tried to teach them something else, that would not be valid. That would not be a good foundation. But if anyone builds on the foundation, again the foundation being the gospel of Jesus, with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will be clearly shown for what it is. For the day of judgment will disclose it because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality and character and work of each person and worth, I'm sorry, and worth of each person's work. If any person's work which he has built on this foundation, that is, any outcome of his effort remains and survives this test, he will receive a reward. 
but if any person's work is burned up by the test, he will suffer the loss of his reward. Yet he himself will be saved, but only as one who has barely escaped through fire. So someone could come in, basically, and maybe themselves not be, um, maybe not be as far along as they believe they are, maybe they don't know as much as they think they know, maybe, you know, they're just not presenting the truth very well and do kind of shoddy work and maybe their work will be burned away by the fire like if I came in and accidentally told you something that was not true and it was proven out by the scriptures that I was wrong then that would that would that there you would receive I would receive no reward for that which would be fine that's fine but even if that happens that person because of their belief and their their attempt to do the right thing, you know, and we're assuming we're giving them some grace here, like God would give them grace, that they would still be saved, but only as one who has barely escaped through through the fire. So, but he's talking about building on the foundation that it doesn't matter who lays the foundation. I mean, Jesus lays the original foundation. God lays the original foundation, if you really want to go back to it. But nonetheless, in this case, Paul is talking about the church at Corinth. He had come in. He had spoke the gospel of Christ. He had laid that foundation and started them with some converts. And um, other people who were coming along were were adding to that. They were teaching more and, and watering if you think of it the way he's describing it here as a as a garden, he they were watering that and trying to help them grow. But Paul is noting that they have not grown very much and that they have still have these divisions and factions. Or that they have these divisions and factions. So anyway, verse six, 16 do you not know and understand that you, the church, are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells permanently in you, collectively and individually? If anyone destroys the temple of God, corrupting it with false doctrine, which he kind of alludes to that here, if someone mistakenly teaches false doctrine, and we're giving them some grace and saying it's, you know, mistakenly, um, God will destroy the destroyer, for the temple of God is holy, sacred, and that is what you are. Now, that is because we have the Holy Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit used to only be within the temple. But now, it is within us, so we have each of us individually become the temple of God. So, and if we are misled by false doctrine, the person doing that is going to be you know, going to be a risk. They're going to, you know, be a risk for some trouble. God will destroy the destroyer for the temple of God is holy and sacred. That, that is what you are. <clears throat> so that's what each of us is. And collectively. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in, in this age, let him become a fool, discarding his worldly pretensions and acknowledging his lack of wisdom, so that he may become truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness, absurdity, stupidity before God. For it is written in Scripture, He is the one who catches the wise and clever in their craftiness. And again, 
The Lord knows the thoughts of the humanly wise that they are useless. So let, let no one boast in men about their wisdom or of having this or that one as a leader. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, Peter, or the world of life or death or things present or things to come, all things are yours and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. So that was a little bit of a long thing, but basically Paul was telling them, you know, don't think of yourself as wise. Instead, you know, think of yourself as just someone who needs to learn, as, as foolish. Just get rid of those pretentious, pretentious thoughts. Uh, not thinking that much of yourself, but um, so that you can learn true wisdom and be truly wise from God through God's wisdom. And then he says, let no one boast in men about their wisdom. In other words, you know, all things are, out, are yours, all things are ours. Whether we came through Paul or Apollos, no matter who baptizes you, I, like I was baptized, who was I baptized by? Um, the preacher was Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Caudill. He was a nice filler and, uh, I was baptized by him many years ago in the river of all places. But nonetheless, um, you know, that's kind of unusual nowadays, I guess. But uh, that's just the way we did it back then. And um, that was a great thing, you know. Um, but I don't consider myself a disciple of his. I, you know, he had his part to play, and I appreciate that. Um, anyway, and... and Paul is telling them here, all things are yours. You know, God has given us all things. He's given us everything. It doesn't matter um, who baptized us or who, you know, we listened to last or, you know, maybe who we like better. You know, maybe it's just a subjective thing and, you know, whatever. But all things are ours and we belong to Jesus, and Jesus belongs to God. So, I mean, everything is God's, but God gave us everything. So, um, all right, so he doesn't want us to deceive ourselves, not think we're wise, and not think that others, you know, men are wise, but to really try to learn God's wisdom from God, you know. So, so he's trying to he's still trying to break up these factions, you know. And I look at these factions and I say, Well, you know, this is the this is the very thing that that we should be looking at as far as denominations go. Um and the idea that, you know, um that uh, we should even have those types of factions. We we shouldn't. We shouldn't. All Christians should just be Christians. We just follow Christ and we don't worry about these these little names and titles and clubs because they they are of no purpose. They're of no use. They're just divisive. They don't they don't help us. And that doesn't mean we should totally disassociate ourselves from others who uh who are a part of maybe a denomination. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying instead we should associate with them and that hopefully we could teach and they could learn from these very scriptures that that is not 
what was intended. That's not how this should be. That's not how Christians should be. So, um, not that there's anything wrong with joining or being in a particular club, so to speak. But if you're, but the the church denominations tend to run a little more. Um, anyway, they tend to be a little more divisive than just being a part of a club. If you're part of a club, you're not necessarily um, being divisive with everyone. You're just part of a group of people who have certain things in common. And I think that's how maybe denominations were kind of intended. But uh, um, anyway, I just don't think they're the best for Christians as a whole. I don't think denominations are the best way to go. So... That doesn't mean, though, that there aren't Christians in denominations. If we write all those people off, we are really judging incorrectly and doing a great disservice to them because there are Christians in these denominations that are really trying and earnestly trying to follow Jesus. And we can't just write all those people off and say that they're uh, totally wrong and going to hell. That may be all they know. That's all they've been taught. You know, when, when people have been taught something their whole lives and that's all they know, that's all they know. That doesn't mean that they're bad or wrong. Well, doesn't mean that they're bad <laughs> or wrong-spirited. But they can be factually wrong. So, All right. Anyway, I'll quit, quit going on about that. I'm just surprised that we still have denominations after reading the chapters we're reading here in 1 Corinthians. And I've read these before, and this is when I was young, this is what made me decide that uh, denominations were not biblical, not scriptural. So I wouldn't have said it that way, though. I would have just said they, they didn't make sense because they weren't supposed to be. Anyway, um, thanks for listening. I hope uh, this has been useful to you. Hope you have a wonderful day, and remember to be safe, keep yourself safe, watch out for others, and remember that God loves you.